man, that's pretty. We could do a duet. It's a privilege for me. She's 28. He's 88. It's whether or not they want to sing with me, though. I don't know. I told you, I don't like to be anywhere but cheek to cheek when you're in the room. An amazing privilege. Rod's done a duet with you. Too much your guys. Mixed power is physical and visual. David's a steel and big. I was thrilled to work with you. Let's hope we do it again. We sing all the time, duets, you know. So I was thinking, this sounds kind of Italian. So I called Zuccaro. We should tell you, this album is for, it's called The Raven and it's it started off as an idea for an opera for about Edgar Allan Poe. So it's all written about Edgar Allan Poe's works. I mean, we should actually just like go straight for the song, I suppose, first. As yes. it's the duet that we want, we're here to talk about. Oh, 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 we're living the past of the maddening impulse. Violent upheaval, the pure driven instinct, the pure driven murder, the attraction of daring stand. I, why didn't you call on me? Why didn't you call on me? Yeah, and is it a I'll duet? Just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Start well, here. Think, yeah, for me it is a duet, but it is kind of two very different voices coming in different places, and the production, the structure of the song, is very clear in order to put them in different kinds right. of zones. It's like two accounts of their sort of lonely journeys. Neither of them knew or thought to help the other, so that's where the sort of song structure isolates each one from even though they're the saying the same thing it's sort of an anti-duet about how they can't be together in the same room sort of thing it feels like it's a bit of a therapy session but like a relationship therapy session that's what i've got the impression of right and it's the bit where the therapist gets excited because their whole mission in life to get the moments of like um revelation or epiphany and clarity when they go and just what didn't you call? <laughs> Why didn't you call? That's <laughs> okay. Go on, go over, help him, pat him on the back. He's crying. This is real, real emotion. This is a moment. Now, do you want to, now, now, do you want to tell him something? And then she's like, a, a wild being from birth. My spirit <laughs> spurns control. <laughs> That's not what he wants to hear. It's not what he wants to hear. He doesn't want to hear this. Why didn't you call, though? I didn't it's about you him. Call. What about me? It's that weakness, it's that, that man's weakness. It's almost like going back to Don't Give Up, where mm. he is just laying it all out and being very vulnerable. And then but in a very sort of like obtuse way, where uh, are you okay? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but then, but, then but the it's still doing it. Yeah, yeah. Female voice comes in and is much more controlled and like mm. calming the male down. Yeah, like, and it's, this, 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 these the roles male. are being played out again, aren't they? Totally. Like, the female as the carer, as the sort of mothering instinct of like the mothering so, instinct. Yeah, maybe like the calm down. It's okay, but this one is not the the most mothering one. I'd, I'd say she's kind of no, because she's wandering, isn't she? 
she's wondering too and he's like why did you have to be wondering at the same time i was but it's like this is that therapy session i feel like after this one this is the one where they they go home and have like amazing husband and wife sex yeah i don't know yeah. I, think, I feel like she's just not quite with it she's not that bothered she's no. kind of she's she's somewhere else i feel she sings it at the end in a very dispassionate way. It's almost like she's just doing it to support, and I don't know, she doesn't seem into it at the end. Really? Oh, I, I, don't I just thought, so. like, she's saying, well, yeah, could have called me. It's almost a, a bit of sarcasm. Really? Okay, I didn't read it, like, I have to listen to it again. But like, you're, you're, pathetic. you're pathetic. You're <laughs> pathetic. Why didn't you, why call didn't you just me? call me? Yeah, just call <laughs> me. He's, he definitely plays out this, the, the male, the... The crumpled male. Yeah. Well, he's in a crossbow, isn't he? He's, he's crumpled in a crossbow. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> it's like caught in the crossbow. It's 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 weird lyric. Like that's caught, a strange caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Crosshairs? Crosshairs, yes. But caught in the actual crossbow itself. Caught like, in the crossbow, it's like you're what? stuck in a kind of like wooden channel. Like yeah. Yeah, with like ropes and wood and like <laughs> <laughs> Some like you try to pull it back to kind of set it up and you kind of got your legs stuck in it and it like then it kind of <laughs> your head was underneath the one of the arms and oh. yeah i mean it's like it's, it's classic i guess the read like is it just a, like a non sequitur to just throw in just to kind of just i don't know does he do that you up? i thought he was like super direct with everything like he just kind no, of he, like... he often throws in like like on the transformer album he throws in the thing that you don't expect him to say. Like, uh, what's vicious? You're so vicious. You hit me with a flower. There we go. Right. But I mean, that's less of a non sequitur because it's like showing him to be less vicious than he is. But maybe he doesn't do that so much, but it's kind of chaotic. You're just like going, what, what, what? And, well, he sounds uh, chaotic while he's singing, hmm. doesn't he? He's kind of like getting faster and faster. He's trying to fit all these words in. And, and he's also kind of crying out for help, isn't he? That's how he seems to be performing these verses. And is he being clever by writing crossbow just because you have to get you go, what? That doesn't make any sense. Caught in a crossbow. Yeah, I've never he just, heard that. Did he just mean he... to say crossfire? But then also, uh, just... Lou, Reed, yeah. Lou Reed is dyslexic. Lou Reed, Lou Reed is dyslexic. <laughs> is that how he spells his own name then? Lou Reed, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Because yeah. he's dyslexic. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, because his original name was Lewis, yeah. so L E W I S, and he is called Lou L O U. Yeah. So he's changed that along the way. So mate, is, yeah. is, I doubt he's dyslexic of his own name. I mean, that's probably you know. not. That would be extreme <laughs> dyslexia. <laughs> Absolutely extreme. But yeah, he could be dyslexic with just like lyrics and shit. Yeah. Oh, I meant, I meant cross. You know, crossbow like a the crossfire. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. He's dyslexic, so stuff comes out weird, and he's like, "Wow, well, he's right. like, fuck it, that keep it, good. fuck it." Yeah. I think what's happening is he's he's kind of writing about or from the characters in Edgar's stories under one main protagonist, which he calls Poe. This character Poe encompasses all the different characters in all of Poe's writings that he might oh, okay. have yeah, sourced yeah. kind of ideas from. He is, he is a character. He is singing from a character's perspective. And, on this uh, song? On all of it. On all of it? 
All of it. Uh, I just sort of like thought this was. I, I went really personal with my sort of. Uh, well, that's why I thought. Response. Yeah. But then I thought, oh, actually, it's a biography of Edgar Allan Poe because there's that song that's before this called Edgar Allan Poe, like a biogra blast in his kind of classic Lou Reed rock song style, just like chugging mm. guitars, fitting loads of words in there, hurrying them along, name checking some short stories and poems and little kind of tidbits. And then I thought, oh, right, maybe he's like mixing it up and, sh- and saying a few little things about Poe's life that maybe he'll sing about. And then I thought maybe this one that we got to, the, the mm. duet, was yeah. a, a biographical song about Poe. But mm. no, it's not. Because this was like from an opera that um, yeah. renowned experimental theatre guy Robert Wilson made with Lou in early 2000s. But it wasn't sung by Lou. It was just he wrote the songs and uh, the music. And it was performed by the... Uh, on stage actors. And then uh, he got a guy called Hal Wilner, who is his producer, who helped him release some stuff later in his career. And he was a specialist in spoken word albums and tribute albums and stuff like this. He did one for Kurt Vile in the 80s was his first kind of tribute album and event where he got lots of popular people at that time or people that had an interest in free penny opera stuff from the <clears throat> beginning of the century. And he, he'd just get lots of people yeah. to kind of be part of it for the um, tribute album. Ah. And he did another one for Leonard Cohen. And then recently he did one for Mark Bolan, where he's got right. you 2 and Elton John doing Bang a Gong. Oi, 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 oi. Yeah. I really want to hear that. Not I want to hear it out on with edge guitars. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> this guy had already released a spoken word um, album about Edgar Allan Poe with stars such as uh, Marianne Faithful, Christopher Walken, Iggy Pop, and they would recite poems or short stories over like atmospheric backgrounds. So this is the stuff he's into. So he probably poked Lou and said, Look, why don't you just go a bit deeper into this? You've written some music. You've already kind of looked into it. We'll do a, like, you know, huge amount of work on it. And they did, like, what? Like a double album of it. Shitting out. I mean, also, there, but there are some songs reversioned on that album, new versions of The Bed and Perfect Day, mm. both, both old songs. The Bed, fuck me, that song is incredible. Like, and this is not a bad version of it. I mean, don't know how it adds that much to the original, but he's obviously repurposing that somehow towards Edgar Allan Poe, but how? I don't know. Yeah, there's some strange off-the-kind-of-program stuff, isn't there? Like that, and there's that Broadway song with Steve Buscemi. I d- what, what, that came out yeah. of nowhere. What was and that? It, that <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. And there's another one with... It sounds like... Um, What's his name? Defoe, Willem Defoe. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. He does The Raven, doesn't he? Lou Reed's just kind of rewritten. <laughs> Which yeah. is what he's done in the album. It's pretty amazing. Quite an incredible thing to do, really, isn't it? Like, because he's such a well-renowned, such a well-loved writer, isn't he? And then yeah. Lou Reed is like, well, I'll just rewrite it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got to listen to that one again, actually. I think he's got some um, walk on the wild side kind of stuff thrown in there. 
I was wondering about Lou Reed. Is, is, has he ever talked about Satanism or anything? And he, he, I can't really find anything. But like mm. the second verse is reliving the past of the maddening impulse, violent upheaval, yeah. the pure driven instinct, the pure driven murder, the attraction of daring. Stand I. It's like it's like he's going towards his kind of his, his instincts, which is like a satanic thing, isn't it? It's like just yeah. go for it. Don't don't worry about it. Just like that's how you can experience life is just by doing these extreme things. Mm. And so, because I was thinking, is it the like other Lou? Self. Lou within Edgar self. within Edgar's characters, like a Russian doll. Yeah. No, totally. I know. I couldn't. That's why I couldn't figure out. Now, <clears throat> most of Lou's, like of what I know of Lou, he's quite direct. If he's playing a character, he normally just says that at the start. He's like Candy says, or yeah, yeah, Le- or Lisa and, says, or Caroline so, says, and, Andy, Andy says, you know. Andy says, and it's like, Andy, I love Andy, like. He always pop up, pops up, Andy does. Well, Andy's he's, he's like inspiration, isn't he? Who is Andy? <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking stupid. Uh, I just tell me who's Andy? <laughs> Andy Warhol. Oh, fucking oh my god. Oh. But <laughs> anyway, but Andy isn't always Andy Warhol, is he? Necessarily, he's just like this guy called Andy that probably Andy Warhol is part of that Andy well, if you're character. thinking of if you're thinking of Andy's chest there's Andy's chest because that's about Andy, Andy that's about Andy Warhol it was a on Transformer yeah there's that and there's another one from 1990 where he just talked called work which he does with the other guy from Velvet Underground oh from their yeah that was all about Andy Warhol that whole album Right. Driller. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Cut that. Cut the bit where I look totally um, ignorant. That can't we? <laughs> but <laughs> no, put okay. this back in. Put this bit back <laughs> in. Put this back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it. So they don't know what you're ignorant about. The thing is, like, this is how much I read into lyrics. Like zero, normally, except for when I'm doing something like this. Like, I never even bother. Yeah, well, I just go. Andy. You don't have to. You don't have no, you to. don't have to. I'm like it's... Andy. Oh, that's a kind of character. He keeps saying this stuff. Well, it, I just he is like the way that he names Andy all the time mm. in his songs. I just like it, and that's mm. it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Andy? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, uh, I'm aware of the Andy Warhol connection. Of course, so, you are. Yeah. You know the factory and stuff. With it's too. It's like it's. It's one of those things that's too obvious that it, it can't it's be. So, it yeah. can't be that. Exactly. It's just. Yeah. Big fat signpost, like staring <laughs> at it, going, "That's a nice signpost." Yeah, yeah. I wonder what that's made of. I wonder what it's made of. Is it plastic or metal? Or ah, I've just been hit by a car <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> it was a one-way system. Exactly. He's supposed to read the fucking signpost. <laughs> it's a bit like Andy Warhol's work. You kind of look at it and you just go, "That's a car crash." Cool. Mm. I find it difficult to analyse late career work, I think, because my prejudice of all is that history, kind of in the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So you're sort of listening for something new the whole time, and if you don't quite hear it, you don't kind of get switched Then on. you hear something old instead, <clears> and you, you kind of focus on that, and you think, where did they do that first? And yeah. Like, yeah, and you start true. going back. I know what you mean. Also, like, the production... Like of of late career works has that like identical like shrink wrapped professionalism always characterizes later works from classic artists. 
because they basically just leave the professionals to do it and they can't be asked to get involved in the production or like making a sound or like it almost frames it as later work the sound of it do you know what i mean yeah but that might be because of the the techniques as well and their voices are not as strong so they seem to be closer but then that might be part yeah. of the, the new technology as well that can make things sound a lot closer i think and... it is but then you get a young person using new technology they use it differently whereas i wouldn't know i wouldn't given... know i wouldn't know <laughs> i wouldn't have heard... i don't think i've heard anyone any young person use new technology <laughs> <laughs> okay but that, I feel I, like they're just leaving it to the sound guys to just do it because they just can't be bothered with that shit anymore. And they're just like, I'll make the song. That's fine. That's fine. If you're a young artist at the beginning of your career, like, okay, I want it to be like this and sound like this thing that is great and I'm going to fuse these together. I'm ambitious. And like, no, we want that hi-hat to be louder. Or like, old people do can tend to get involved in that shit. And when you're old, you just go, Song's done, just mix it and then oh, send I don't it. Know. I mean, this is pretty but like would... detailed, isn't it? I'm sh- this, this is like a lot of yeah, the song, this. the song smithery, totally. And well, the difference, the stuff, different styles but... because he's got the the actual music where the, the instrumental, like the overture and stuff like that, sounds fucking amazing. Yes, mm. okay, I'll have to go back to that. But um, the voices, yeah, I mean, they're kind of um, the production gets a bit more. Close, yeah. like you said. Close. The voice is always closer. They're so they're so in awe of these people when they're coming to the studio. Mm. We, well, who have we done this before? We've done it with McCartney, didn't we? McCartney and George Michael. They have to get every single bit out of that voice. They squeeze all of it out, don't they? They really. Yeah. Oh, and it's like you don't need anything else. Exactly. Because they're big people fans. All, they're yeah, massive fans. Yeah. They're all going to be big fans. They're all going to say. We don't need too much more. We want the voice in the top, in the, the front. Voice will say it all. You know, whereas like when Bowie's recording, uh, producing Transformer, for instance, mm. they're experimenting sort of with yeah, other the sounds, sounds and stuff. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. And yeah, Berlin is... is a concept album with all sorts of like orchestras and fucking sound effects and shit on it. And yeah. Yeah. But this is, yeah, they're just like, we're just going to bring out the voice. Well, this song especially, I suppose, because this song is it's very simple in its arrangement, isn't it? It's just like, is it even a quartet? There's like maybe one or two violins and then the the upright bass, which harks back to Walk on the Wild Side. You instantly think that and as soon as you hear an upright bass with Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah. If he's going to put one in, I mean, then you're getting referential. Like you say, they might be just kind of taking a back seat or they might be totally in control and... Because they've done it for so long, they've just cut away and cut away and cut away to the point mm. where it's like, I don't need much else except for my voice, my words and my presence. And, it, you know, it's just a little bit here and there to help. But, like, really, if I'm singing, I don't want to be singing that loud. Like, they're tired, you know. They don't want to be, like, belting it out. Mm. Just talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back in oh, 1986. Yeah. I know. How do we? How did we get back to that? Are you doing this on purpose? Well, you can't be because you're governed by the stars, aren't you? I'm governed by the stars. The stars are pointing me in the directions, but they're—I mean—they're giving me. Um, they offer up different size treats though don't they so if you see a treat as big as this one you just grab for it and it just happened to be an 86 yeah 
and we're back in 86. This is oh. <laughs> just it's serendipity. We just have to keep coming back to it. Yeah, but we're not yeah. going to be bogged down in that art rock. Take that art rock out of your boot. I don't, I don't know. It's still, uh, we're still in. We have, we do have a toe in art rock here, though. Do we? <laughs> I mean, we can't not. One of our main stars is Lou Reed. Well, yeah, I suppose. But you know, he was a pop guy before he was an art rock guy, wasn't he? What Lou Reed? Yeah, he was. He was a writer Elf for Underground. He was, was was pop? Was it? Well, the first album you could say was uh, no, but he was a writer. He God. was a writer for he was a writer. He wrote pop songs, didn't he? That was his job at Pickwick Records. He was a writer of uh, doo wop songs and stuff like that. Stuff that pop songs that he was a fan of. He used to kind of write surf songs and all this kind of stuff before he was in Velvet Underground. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't assume I know anything. Oh, well, I won't. I mean, the Andy Warhol uh, moment last week was yeah, yeah, pretty great. Exactly, the case in point. So just, <laughs> just, just think of me as a complete idiot, and then <laughs> I can build on that. Well, that's the idea of the show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I play play the idiot. Uh, yes, and then, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, we're, we're, yes, we're back in '86, and. Lou Reed is uh, is he's present, and he's um, brought with him a friend, a friend by the name friend. of Sam Moore. Oh yes, the Soul Man himself. The Soul Man himself, and the song we're gonna do is Soul Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 